It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, it's crossover day as myself and Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers hooked up to talk about OG Ananobi and whether or not there actually might be a fit there on a trade package between Toronto and Portland. We dig into why the Raptors are not exactly compelled to move on from OG or a player of his ilk right now. We'll talk about why the Blazers maybe shouldn't cash all their chips for someone like OG as well. It's a really good episode, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1197 of Lockdown Raptors for Friday, June the 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And you can also subscribe, follow, rate, review the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps for the low, low price of on the house you can also go to youtube and hit the big red subscribe button and support the show over there as well to see it on video every day and for those who are listening watching today you're getting a fun one it is mike richmond of locked on blazers with me a former guest of the show we've done a couple crossovers crossovers with mike in the past well once after the gary trent jr norman powell trade for example and uh, we talked about OG Ananobi and the rumors swirling around about how the Blazers are prioritizing him, really trying to get him in the door, whereas the Raptors, maybe you're not super compelled to go and move on from their very good six foot eight three indeed defensive w- wonderkind. Uh, so that's what's on today's episode. We dig into all the different elements of it, why it might work, what would get the Raptors to budge perhaps, and of course, uh, why I don't think it's actually going to happen. Kind of breaking some hearts of Blazers fans out there today if I am being honest, but it's a good show. 
Let me hope you enjoy it. Also, apologies for the weird lighting situation that I have going on. You'll see what you're what I'm talking about. We recorded this episode at like 7 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, which means that the light was just blaring in through the window that's behind me here and uh, was backlighting me as though I were some sort of deity. Uh, so it's weird, but the episode sounds good and looks. Uh, we we comment on it, have some fun with it at least. But just uh, if you're thrown off by the strange lighting situation. That's what was going on. All right, let's get to it now. My chat with Mike Richmond from Locked on Blazers talking OG and Fernie Simons, Josh Hart, Nass Little, all of that and everything else around the OG rumor mill. That's all with Mike Mike Richmond of Locked on Blazers coming up right now. Hey, Sean Woodley here from Locked on Raptors with Mike Richmond of Locked on Blazers here to talk about all those OG and Anobi rumors that have been flying around for what seems like months, Mike. Oh my God, it just doesn't stop. Uh, first off, thanks for being here, man. How uh, how are things out there in PDX? I don't think they're as sunny as they are here in just the western outskirts of Toronto. As uh, for those watching on video, we're recording this at a time that is, uh, you know, conducive to a Pacific Timers schedule. And as it turns out, I often don't record the podcast at this time and didn't realize the sun just billows in through this window that I don't have a shade for. So you're just going to have to deal with me looking Looking like a Greek god sent from Olympus here talking about basketball on the podcast. And uh, it'll just be a thing that the YouTube viewers get to uh, laugh at, I suppose. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm good. You you beat me to my sun, sunshine joke. I was really, it's been brutal here uh, weather-wise. So I was going to, I was going to make a similar joke. Um, I guess this is, if you are an audio listener, if you're, if you're a podcast listener, this is maybe some encouragement to check out the YouTube channel, uh, either mm-hmm. Locked on Raptors or Locked on Blazers, because Sean really is getting blasted by <laughs> the sun mother gaia has really cursed him but um we're gonna still we'll get through it we'll, we can talk about trade rumors uh that have bothered you and that'll probably make it uh a little cloudier in your parts the problem here is i'm getting married in six weeks and if i get like a half face sunburn from this situation here it's not gonna look good in the pictures so i might have to keep an eye on that and perhaps invest in some sunscreen mid pod either way og ananobi mike is a guy who his name has been out there I don't really know where it's coming from. To me, from that original piece from Jake Fisher, what seems like months ago, but was just a couple weeks back, uh, you know, the, the suggestion there mostly seems that uh, outside forces from Toronto are kind of looking at Toronto and saying, "Hey, look at all those guys they have who are six foot eight and six foot nine. They can't possibly have enough ball to go around for all of them, can they? They must have to trade one of them." And OG is kind of the logical one. He makes a very reasonable contract. He is not necessarily on the same star tier as Pascal Siakam is right now, or Scotty Barnes figures to be. So I understand why those from sort of the outside looking at the Raptors and the way they've built their roster in this unorthodox way would say, hey, maybe OG's gettable. Um, I have my own thoughts on that. But what's the sort of thought in Portland right now? Like, is it actually something that Blazers fans are talking themselves into? Is there any intel that you might have from your end of things to suggest that the Blazers are super pursuing OG Ananobi as a potential pairing with Damian Lillard on this sort of blank slate canvas roster they seem to have this year? Yeah, they, they've got a real, op, op, we'll call it an opportunity this summer to reshape the <laughs> roster. They've got a lot of opportunities ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, there's been some reporting, not just from Jake Fisher of Bleach Report, who I believe was the first to put it on wax, but um, some others around, including Mark Stein of ESPN and the Ringers' Kevin O'Connor, who have all kind of floated this, right? Is that the Blazers mm-hmm. are pursuing OG Ananobi, and I think Fisher pointed it out really well. 
it seems to be all of the folks outside of the pressure seems to be coming from outside of the, of the Raptors organization. But the sort of basics of it from a Blazer side makes sense. OG mm-hmm. Anobi is really good and at a position of need and in theory gettable. And I want to ask you about the gettableness in a second, but just from a Blazers perspective, they've mm-hmm. got the number seven overall pick in the NBA draft. They have a large traded player exception that would allow them to take in OG Anobi without uh, making the, the salary match perfectly so they could give mm-hmm. back um, some spare parts or Josh Hart, who's probably better than a spare part, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but but that is kind of they have relatively limited assets to offer. And OG Ananobi seems to be, if not their number one target, because that may have moved to now DeAndre Ayton, they're <laughs> a huge a huge target because they're going they're chasing big fish. And I think this is an important thing to point out. Trades come about because teams want certain things. We saw a trade mm-hmm. last night in the NBA in which um, a team wants to play young players and be bad, the Houston Rockets. And so they give up a pretty good player for not much. Uh, and Christian Wood for the 26 overall pick and some literal spare parts with all mm-hmm. due respect to Trey Burke and Boban. Uh, <laughs> like, and, and Marquise Chris. I'll apologize to everybody in the trade. Um, and <laughs> Sterling Brown. Also, st- sorry, Sterling Brown. Just sorry to all four. So Matt. many dudes just catching strays from Mike here. Yeah, Unbelievable. But... <laughs> But the the Rockets are specifically motivated to to clear the room for young players, et cetera, et cetera. The Blazers mm-hmm. are, and I think the Raptors are in the same boat, they are motivated to be good. And yeah. that is where I think we get into this, the problem. And that's what I want to ask you. Like the perception from the outside, or at least what's being pushed, quite frankly, probably from people's agents from the outside, is that, <laughs> o, is that OG is gettable. Yeah. Why or why not is OG? Why is OG not gettable? Let me pose it to you like that. I would say he's not gettable because he's the exact type of player the Raptors seem to be building their whole team around, right? At the end of the Raptors season, Masai Ujiri had a press conference. He was asked about OG. He was asked about a lot of guys, and he said, We love OG. OG's great. Uh, he was asked about Precious Achua, same idea, you know, guys who are 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, and he said, like, If we could have 15 of those guys, we would. And, and I think it's pretty clear from the way the Raptors have oriented their lineups, the way their roster outside of Gary Trent Jr., Malachi Flynn, and Fred Van Vliet is comprised entirely of guys between six foot seven and six foot nine who are switchable defensively, who have a little bit of off-the-dribble pop, stuff like that. Like, there's a very clear vision here the Raptors are going for. And you can disagree with whether you think the vision makes sense or not to go and play basketball in a kind of new way where they've kind of punted the center position and in a lot of ways have kind of punted other positions as well and it's like yeah sure Thad Young's a shooting guard and Chris Boucher's a four and who cares that doesn't matter it's all just make-believe you can argue with whether you think that's the right move or not but I would say that if you look around the NBA and specifically in the NBA finals the Raptors are collecting the types of players that play deep into the postseason and I think for the Raptors if they're you know they've already got OG and an OB in the door why would you then go trade him for a guy who doesn't fit that bill when you've had your sort of stated mission being we're going to collect as many of these guys as possible look I, I think in a world where there's an offer that comes in that they can't refuse of course they take it because that's what Masai Ujiri does this dude traded away DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard hoping he maybe he would play for a year and he didn't it all worked out very well but that was a big risk at the time, and there was no certainty to it for sure. And that was a franchise icon who everybody loved, and you know people were still mad about it after the trade happened. You know that he's he fired Dwayne Casey after he won Coach of the Year. Like he's been pretty shrewd, and you know we should lump Bobby Webster in this as well. Like they're they're sort of one and the same at this point. I know Masai gets all the plaudits, but Bobby Webster is the day to day guy running the show. 
And, you know, I, I think if there were a move out there where it was like a no-brainer, obviously this makes our team better both now and in the future, then yeah, OG's gettable and he's an easily moved guy because he makes 17 million bucks or whatever. It's a very easily matchable salary for most teams. It's not like you're trying to move Russell Westbrook's contract or anything like that. And so, yeah, there's a world in which it's possible that they would move on from him. But I've said all along, I don't think the Raptors are trading OG and Anobi unless they're getting in return a player who makes it so they no longer miss OG and Anobi. And it's like, okay, OG's gone, but oh my God, did you see the guy that got in exchange for him? And for me, that's where the Blazers thing kind of dries up a little bit. As much as the seventh pick is nice... You know, the Raptors kind of already got their good draft luck with Scotty Barnes. I don't know if they really need to go and try to score another guy in the top 10 of a draft that's not as strong as last year's was. And then you're getting into the Josh Hartz and whoever else might come the other way. And I think that leaves the Raptors with, yes, another pick to add to the coffers and all of that. But I think it leaves them kind of a little bit further away from their stated goal of amassing all of these types of players to build their roster with. Before we, uh, let's, I want to, let's talk specifically about the package, right? I want to talk about that. We can talk about that a little later, but first, uh, there, there is a notion that Mm -hmm. OG wants a larger role and let me just parse this out with you. Cause, uh, I believe I read this in the athletic, uh, Eric Kareem last yesterday, uh, Wednesday, June 15th, we'll call it. What is time? Sure. Yeah. 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 Four weeks. I don't know what to say. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know when you're listening to this, dear listener, or watching this. And if you're watching this, Sean's just even sunnier by the minute. But um, it's <laughs> Eric wrote a really interesting piece that talked about mm-hmm. kind of just um, the general sort of usage rate of a guy like uh, OG. Just yeah. how much how much he gets to do. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason why people are like, oh, maybe they can they pry him free because he wants to do more. And when Pascal Siakam was hurt at the beginning of last year, he got to do more. But he seems to me, and this is just sort of to advocate for the devil or advocate for uh, various agents around the NBA who don't represent uh, the Raptors <laughs> specifically, like it is, there is some truth to OG kind of not being able to graduate out of fourth option in Toronto. Sure. Would you agree with that? That that it's it's Pascal and it's Fred and it's uh, eventually Scotty Barnes and then it's OG and then like if you put Gary Trent Jr on the floor he's just going to shoot it every time he touches it so you don't get to use those <laughs> you don't get to use those possessions anyways so like um would you agree or or concede that there is there is sort of a limited role or a ceiling on OG's role in Toronto yeah, I, I think that's totally fair that there's probably a ceiling on, is he going to be a 25% usage guy ever? Right. No. The Raptors only had one of those guys last season. It was Pascal Siakam. He had a 25.8 usage percentage. It's not like this is a team that is ever going to have one guy, I think, that is sort of the clear, all right, clear out. He's going to have a 30% usage and lead the way. And I don't think they're ever going to be like the Celtics either, right? Where it's you got two guys who are 30% usage guys and the rest are just kind of catching and shooting around them. This is a team that is pretty egalitarian. And, you know, you think about what they did in crunch time this season, for example. That was actually like a feature, not a bug. They were a really good crunch time team because guess what? They have five dudes on the floor at all times who could burn you if you, you know, sold out too much for Pascal Siakam or you trapped Fred Van Vliet at the top of the pick and roll. And, or, you know, you, you jumped out too far in a Gary Trent Jr. catch and shoot. They had guys who could burn you everywhere. And it felt like different guys at different points were getting their moments in the sun to go and be the hero in a given game. And there are injuries and there are things that happen over the course of the season where guys go out. And I, I think for me, just 
you know, reading through the tea leaves and stuff, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of agitation going on right now, just from what okay, I'm yeah. seeing and reading, right? You know, OG, certainly, you know, I could understand if there was some behind the scenes, like, yeah, I could use a little bit higher of a role or whatever. He had like a 20% usage this season. It's not like he's not getting used. It's not like his, his rookie season where he just stood in the corner and took like two threes a game and defended all the time. Like, he's got a bigger role than that. They started to use him as a post-up option and things like that this season. Like, they do find sets to use him. But ultimately, if you're trying to win, I don't know if you want OG having a 25% usage, right? Yeah, and I, I guess th- that I think depends. There's some truth to that for sure. Yeah, and, and I guess it totally depends on like what he wants, what he sees for himself, and all of that. But I think it's uh, you know one of those situations where it's like, are you sure the greener pastures are where you want to go? And Eric Kareen pointed out like Jeremy Grant is an example, sort of a corollary, right? Like a perfect piece on that Denver team goes to Detroit and is overextended on a team that doesn't win a whole lot. And for a guy like OG, like, if he goes to Portland and is the number two option, I'm sorry to Blazers fans, as much as I love OG Ananobi, I don't think that's a recipe getting you anywhere significant in what's going to be a loaded Western Conference next season, because he's proven, in you know, in, in fits and starts, he's had some moments here and there with shot creation, but he's a bit of a weird ball handler, he's kind of off balance, he's got a bit of a quirky sort of way about moving, and he's proven that he's just way better as, like, an opportunistic third or fourth option who can play off of other guys guys cut hit threes post up what he needs to and be like a 60 percent usage or is true shooting guy when he's in those spots where his looks are pretty easy he's very good at finding them for himself so um yeah there might be some reason for agitation just because there are a lot of mouths to feed with the raptors but i also think with the way that they kind of spread it around it's you know pretty limited in terms of no one's getting totally shut out og averaged 17 a game this past season it's not like he's sitting there averaging 12 a game thinking damn if only i had my own team I don't think it's quite that extreme. Um, We should continue this forward and talk a little bit more about just what the package might look like if something is to come to fruition. But before we do that, I should tell you about our pals over at betonline.net. They are your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, otherwise known as the NBA Finals. you got the Stanley Cup Finals going on right now, too, which is, God, the best thing in sports. Game one was just an absolute banger. Go watch and bet on hockey. You got baseball, of course, and uh, the fighting news from the MMA, UFC, etc. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, so you can be the informed wagerer instead of me just indiscriminately clicking on stuff and putting money down the tubes. Go and be the smart better. Go be informed before you lay your money down. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Mike, I think you were going to throw something at me at the end of that uh, thing about the, the usage and stuff. Take it away, sir. Well, first of all, if OG is on the Portland Trailblazers and they still have Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard, he is the third option on offense. Um, right. He, it is, it, they are not going to... Amphrey Simons' thing that he does best is go get a bucket. They are not going to say, okay, you kind of stand over here and let OG Ananobi figure it out. His yeah. role is something like that. And I, I think the best version of OG Ananobi is something akin to what Andrew Wiggins is, right? Is yeah. that 
He's a low usage guy during the regular season. And then in high leverage moments, he's like, okay, I can do more. I can mm -hmm. do more, but you don't get to necessarily do that for the first 90 games. It's just yeah. when it really matters, your skill set and your size and your versatility and all those things that OG brings to the table, uh, they really end up mattering more in those big moments. Like, And he has been an absolute monster in the playoffs before. Absolutely. And like has gotten absolutely. plenty of usage. I think he might have led the team in usage in the postseason this year. So Yeah, you know, and, and then some of that is by him. choice, right? Is they're like, yeah. let's make it be OG. Let's get the ball out of Pascal's hands and make it be OG, right? And if he was really punishing teams and he's 24 and can take a big step forward, then he would. it would be a little bit different. I, I think he's really good. Like I, mm -hmm. I want to be clear. I think he's really good, but I also think he probably tops out as a as a third option on offense. Um, yeah, he might not. <laughs> he might think <laughs> a little bit different. And I don't. Um, if I'm apologizing to Sterling Brown and Boban, I'll also apologize to OG. You you could be whatever you want, uh, young king. Spread your wings. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about the package. Yeah, uh, I, I want you to be Bobby Webster for a moment, and don't hang up, okay? <laughs> Please don't sure, hang up the call. Sure. <laughs> so what? Um, the Blazers can't really offer Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic until after the draft. So let's assume right. that it's the draft. And then if you reject that, then we'll move forward into another part of it. But at the draft, the Blazers can offer some combination of the number seven overall pick and Josh Hart and or Nazir Little. Although I think they wouldn't include both because they're so limited depth wise. Right. Nazir Little is worse than... Uh, Josh Hart, but maybe fits the Raptors plan a little bit better. If mm -hmm. it is, let's say Hart number seven and a future something lottery protected, blah, blah, blah. First round pick of some flavor. How does, how far do you go in entertaining the conversation? I mean, I think you probably think about it if you're the Raptors, just because, you know, the seventh overall the pick in the draft is not nothing. And if there's a guy there who you kind of envision as being someone you can pair with Scotty Barnes going forward and have that sort of second wave of, you know, core guys behind the Siakam and Fred duo, that's great. But also OG's 24, 25. Like, he also kind of fits the timeline very well. Right. So I don't think they're like, there's they're not in a position where they need to, like, alter their timeline at all they have just like a very good complement of guys kind of spanning across like an eight-year time frame and i kind of think the whole concept of oh well everyone should be at the same age on a team is kind of silly anyway it's nonsense. right it's nonsense <laughs> yeah. you have a, you always have a two and a half year window so you're just cycling through each two and a half year window and even exactly. then you might have less so yeah I, exactly. i'm with you on the timeline thing is nonsense it's yeah sam presti are you listening sam presti sam, are you sam, there yeah, <laughs> like, like I mean, Freak. just for instance, look at look at um, look at the Celtics, right? Like, yeah. you know how their timeline was extended? They got thirty-seven-year-old Al Horford back. That's uh -huh. how he helped out the twenty-year-olds because what you need is talent. So, like, I, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't buy it. Although the Celtics do look like they're going to be good for a little while, to be it sure. It makes me very, very angry. I don't care for it at all. I think they should try to do the Thunder thing. If anyone should do it, it's them. Tear, yeah, it, tear it down. You tear can't win the title. Down. You lose tonight. You've proven you can't win the title with this core. Obviously, you have to tear it down and start all over again to build a title team. Um, but enough Celtics uh, yeah, <laughs> denigration. Specifically, <laughs> so that package, you would consider it. What would kind of, what would stop you short of, of saying yes? 
Truthfully, the contract situation, right? Like Josh Hart, what's his situation against next year? He's got he is a... is fully non guaranteed this year, right? Uh, so, uh, but he's good and like he's a thirteen million dollar contract, so you're going to pick it up, and then again, fully non fully non guaranteed the season after. So it's like it's right. really good for the team, but yeah. it's not. Um, OG has an extra season at a little bit more money, and he's like better and younger. So yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, the contract, I think, is a little different there. Yeah, he's obviously better than Josh Hart as well, does more. And I think it needs to be said, like, OG is one of, if not the best wing defenders alive. Like His, peak, his peak is first-team all-defense, for sure. Absolutely exactly. could be a first-team all-defense defender. Should have been an all-defense player back in 2019-20 when the Raptors had the number two defense in the league and were, like, the talk of the NBA for what they were doing on defense and, like, the subject of many a think piece and yet had no one get voted to either first or second team, which made no sense. OG was the best defender on that team. You could maybe give it to Marcus Saul, but he missed some time. Um, you know, he's really, really really good on that end he is the guy who they'll throw on trey young to shut him down or damian lillard to shut him down they'll throw him on nikola Jokic, and he's been one of the best Jokic defenders over the last two seasons like he's a monster i feel like he kind of gets because the raptors a won the title without him playing at all because he right. had an appendectomy and missed the whole postseason and because he's been on a raptors team the last couple seasons that lost Kawhi, so everyone kind of lost interest and then they were in tampa I think he kind of gets slept on as how great a defender he is. I feel like if you swapped him and Macau Bridges, there would be no difference whatsoever between what you see for the Suns. It might even be a little bit more potent defensively because OG can actually capably guard one through five in a way that I don't think Bridges quite has the yeah, beef I would say, to. I would yeah. say Bridges is better getting around screens, but sure. OG's just so thick. Like, he's just a huge dude. Like he can, He's he so can... strong. Like, yeah. pound for pound, one of the strongest players alive. And he's also a knockdown 40% three-point shooter. So it's, it should be said, if your GM isn't interested in OG... Your GM's an idiot. Like, you should want him. Everyone should be calling the Raptors about him. He's that good. I, I think that's a good point, right? It's like the one of the reasons that you don't take the Blazers trade is not just what it is. Like, say seven is like Shaden Sharp, right? And and the sure. Raptors are, are enamored with this mystery box player who could turn into a superstar, right? Sure. The reason that you don't take something that looks like Shaden Sharp and Josh Hart is because OG Ananobi is a winning player that every good team is going to want. And you mm -hmm. don't need to make a decision in the next seven days. You could yeah. probably hold out and get a darn good package into the future if it does come up where OG is not just p potentially wanting out, but actively asking out. If Rich yeah. Paul is going on, get OG out of Toronto. Um, that's how Rich <laughs> Paul talks. That's like a pitch perfect Rich Paul impression. Uh, but like if something akin to that, right? Um, because he's a winning type player. I think the holdup with the Blazers package is that the, if Toronto really wants to do this, they can just shop him around and probably yeah. get something better. Uh, my other, it my should also should be noted, Dan Tolzman, who is in the Raptors front office, was asked about. Oh, I love this. Could yeah. you get? Could you get something? Some someone better than OG Ananobi with the seventh pick? And he was like, I don't think so. Like it's probably not. It would be very <laughs> he said, hard. He was to like, do probably so. not the way OG is trending. And yeah. I think that's yeah. to me. I think that's true. Like I think that's. I think that is spot on. You probably couldn't get a player better than OG Ananobi. Mm -hmm. um, the Blazers should have just drafted him in 2017. Everyone should have drafted him in 2017. By the way, like ridiculous that he fell to 24. You think he's worse than Josh Jackson? He, he got drafted behind TJ Leaf. I think. Like man. <laughs> Yeah, Wild the 2017 times. draft is a mess. The 2017 draft is true, truly a mess. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jason Tatum and De'Aaron Fox uh, and <laughs> beloved Markel Fultz. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, so so I think the 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 other like pitch for why you move on from OG, and this is why like so I'm back on the phone. I'm calling Bobby back, and I'm like, hey, sure. hey hold on, here's what you need though, is yeah. that the Raptors could use a little more half court shot creation. Sure. And I think the sell is that Josh Hart, if nothing else, can get his ass to the rim. Mm -hmm. uh, he can get downhill. He's a he's a really good straight line driver. Do you think the obviously he, does, he doesn't have a lot of other juice? He's a pretty good passer, but like um, if you just look at his numbers with the Blazers, Josh Hart was insane. So mm -hmm. larger sample size, but he played 13 games for the Blazers and he was bonkers. Um, yeah. I, I I think that's the sell. And I wanted to, I wanted to tell you this, Sean. Yeah. On my end, on Locked On Blazers, when I say Josh Hart and seven for OG Ananobi, my listeners say that it is a it is a just wild overpay. I a, love trades; they're the best. Yeah. this is always what happens. <laughs> it is a wild. So from from you know, I will literally. I'm going to post this on my feed. Thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, and and people are going to comment on the YouTube channel, and they're going to they're going to email me, and they're going to say this is a wild overpay. Why would you do that? You're stupid. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond like when I pitch this to you, let's talk about our mock draft. I called you on mock draft night. What was what would you want more from the Blazers if the Josh Hart and seven package doesn't do it? Just theoretically. We don't need to talk yeah. like cap legal. Sure. I mean, I should say, like, I think Josh Hart rocks as well. Like, he's a guy yeah, he's who good. wanted the Raptors to go try to get at the deadline from the Blazers last year when it was clear the Blazers were trying to tank it out. I thought, hey, go try to poach Josh Hart out of Portland. That would be an absolute coup if you could do that. Right. So I think he's awesome. Where I kind of, you know, where, where it falls a little flat for me is, okay, you can get downhill, but like, are you putting the ball in his hands over Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes? Probably right. He's not. a second side guy. Exactly. exactly. He's your fourth yeah. option. Yeah. And like, do, does he help you maybe move Gary Trent Jr. to the bench to fulfill his sixth man destiny? Probably. That's not a bad thing, but you can also get that just by playing OG as your two guard in like massive super duper lineups with Precious Achua playing the five and you can still accomplish that. And so I just feel like the swapping out of skills, you're getting a little bit more downhill, you know, rim pressure, I suppose, but Scotty Barnes, very good at getting to the rim. Uh, you know, Pascal Siakam got to, gets to the rim all the time as well, and is a good finisher around there too. It'd be nice to get that, but you know, I, I just don't know if it's enough in terms of like trading off the defense and the dead eye shooting you get from OG to bring in that element that Hart has that maybe OG has kind of struggled with. And again, OG can get to the rim too. He you can post him up, and he's gonna you know just move over anybody who's trying to guard him basically. So um, you know, I don't think it's like that big a concern. Where, you know, you can start really sort of interesting me is, you know, I, I think some Raptors fans are infatuated with Infernity Simons, Infernity Simons, and you mentioned the sort of weird legality of trading him. I don't really know where I come down on Simons. I, I, I kind of feel like, is, is he just kind of younger, shinier CJ McCollum, which is a good player for sure. Yeah, it's but a really good basketball player, really exactly. Excellent player, but not exactly the type of player the Raptors, again, are kind of prioritizing what they're doing here. 
And like, this is a team that's going to run their stuff through Pascal and Scotty next season. Like this is going to be two, six, nine dudes going to work with everyone else kind of in their orbit is at least how I'm viewing this team. And I don't think trading OG for an Anthony Simons does that either. But if you're talking like Simons and little or something like that, and you throw in the pick, then sure. I'm sure the Raptors are looking at that long and hard, but then again, I'm sure on the other side, Blazers fans are like, what are you yeah, talking they're, they're about? Who is this moron with terrible lighting on his, from his back with his stupid <laughs> recording studio that's not blacked out saying these insane things on a podcast? He's a total moron. So yeah, I, mean, I totally I, get it. I, I think the, the the Blazers pitch would be straight up Ant for yeah. Ant for OG. And I, I think not even just fans, I think that would the front office also values Anthony Simons that highly, sure. um, would be my assumption. And I, I think paying Anthony Simons somewhere in the range of like just shy of 20 million is very reasonable. I think he's going to mm-hmm. get something like four for 80 this summer. And um, and I think he he is capable of outperforming that contract because he's that good on offense. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit exactly the Raptors plan. He would nail their sort of need for another shot creator because he can really go score on his own. Um, But he is a real, he's not a good defensive player. And the Raptors, like other, like the worst defensive player they regularly play is Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Um, that's, and, and that's kind of their thing is like, we only plus defenders, um, and, and Trent for his defense limitations is a great, great at forcing turnovers, um, and mm-hmm. goes hard and has, and is, you know, bigger, longer, stronger than, than Ant is. I, I, I think, and I also so, just don't think the Raptors are itching to get back to a world where they were playing small ball lineups in a postseason series right, with Fred right. Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell and, you know, God, who was like, they were so small. They were tiny, just like teensy weensy, like Norm Powell at the three. It it just, I don't think they're itching to go back to that world now that they've seen what life can be like when everybody's six foot nine. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, and like the sign and trade stuff, like you can't really trade seven with a sign and trade because if you agree to it on draft night, you have to wait two weeks before the sign and trade, and 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 Simons's people would have to agree with the Raptors, so you have to kind of keep it under wraps yeah. and then not Seems sign. Seems like a lot of illegality and tampering. Right, like I think technically there, yeah. you could do it, like technically you could pull it off, but it's just it would take a lot of um, not tampering. <laughs> it would take a lot of it would take a lot of effort to not tamper, uh, and I think I don't think either I don't think either side could really could necessarily get. Uh, could pull it off. Uh, it just seems really unlikely. So if you're talking about trading for Ant, or if the other guy I want to mention before we get out of here is Nurk. The Raptors, yeah. from the outside, need, quote-unquote, a center. Does Yusuf Nurkic have any appeal to you as a fan and then maybe from what you think the Raptors might do? No. I, like, <laughs> I think Nurk is good, but I've said this all along as like DeAndre Ayton rumors have swirled and Rudy Gobert. You know, I, I don't think the Gobert thing even really works because it's just too right. difficult to make work matching the money wise. You're giving up way too much and you end up being a team who has no shooting and is only defense and Rudy Gobert. Um, so I don't think that really even holds any water. But my whole thing with the center situation with the Raptors has been I don't think they're going to devote a ton of resources to that spot. Unless sure. it's like a no brainer Carl Anthony Towns or better type superstar because I think they've sold themselves on the idea that they don't need to do that to be really good. Look at the teams again in the NBA right now who are going on deep runs. There's no superstar center out there who is like, you know, the center of the world for any of these teams. And I I think the Raptors are looking at that and saying, yeah, like we are going to follow that model here because we don't need to devote all these resources. And if the time comes along where we need to find someone for a specific matchup, say Joel Embiid, for example, then that's something we can go and figure out at a deadline or something like that, the way they did with Marcus Gasol back in 2019. 
And I also think like Precious Achua is good enough defensively and showed enough flashes last season that they're just happy to let him roll with the starting job right now just to see what he can do. And I just think Nurkic, like you would bring him in, he would be in front of Achua. He doesn't really fit the scheme defensively whatsoever. And he just, I think it would be a little bit too stodgy and clunky with him doing his sort of big post-up thing within what the Raptors do with not a lot of space being provided. It just doesn't quite check out to me. And yeah, I think the need for a center for the, for the Raptors has been way more sort of projected onto them by people outside who were like, well, every team needs a center, right? And I think internally, like they'll make a move if something makes them obviously better. If they can swing a Gary Trent Jr. for DeAndre Ayton in a sign-a-trade, hell yeah, they're going to do yeah. that. But I think it's only going to come if it's a no-brainer deal where they get an obvious upgrade who fits what they're trying to do. And I yeah. don't think Nurkic really fits that either. Yeah, I would I would agree that you don't you don't trade a good player for a, a seeming need. I, I think they could just sign a center off the scrap heap. From the yeah. outside, I think that they could use a big person to foul out against Joel Embiid. I think that's, that's really what, all it is. It they really need 18, is all that. They need 18 minutes of a dude who can foul out against Joel Embiid, and then they can get to the other minutes of of their better basketball players for the other, yeah. <laughs> the other uh, you know, 36 minutes they're on the court. I I, I think that's, um, or, or whatever the math is, the other, um, the other minutes are on the court. Like it's just, they just need someone to foul out and you can sign someone off the scrap heap. Like they should have kept Drew Eubanks. Honestly, they should have, they shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have, cut, they shouldn't have cut Drew Eubanks. They should have been yeah. like, Drew, welcome to the playoffs. You're going to play the first six minutes of each half. You're going to use all six fouls and then you're going to go sit down and watch. And he would have Joel said, Joel Embiid is going to break your sternum. It's going exactly. to be the best. He's, he's going to, yeah. And if you want to elbow him in the face earlier on, that's cool. We're totally fine with it. <laughs> Just kidding. It wasn't intentional. It was, it was, it was two pals. Uh, so last question. And then, and then we can, we can call it. Um, yeah. We could say that we did a, a wonderful half hour on OG and Anobi. Does OG, not to the Blazers, does OG and Anobi get traded this summer period? I don't think so. I think the Raptors are going to kind of hang tight here. Let this thing marinate a little bit and see what happens next season where, you know, it's also shouldn't be slept on. The Raptors got like very little time with all these guys together last year between COVID absences, Pascal starting the season hurt. OG missed a lot of time. He only played like right. 47 games this season because uh, of various injuries and COVID and all that. And, and I just think they kind of want more time to see what this is all about. They're already ahead of schedule is the thing. Like Scotty Barnes being as good as he was to win rookie of the year when he was kind of seen as a project like that has accelerated everything in the minds of, I think, outside observers. But I do think the sure. Raptors are like, OK, this is awesome. We can be really good while we figure out what we have. That's great. Like, this is an awesome little luxury we have. But I don't think they're under any duress to go make some big franchise altering move just yet. I totally think they're a candidate at some point in the next couple of years to be a real consolidation team where, okay, there's a star who's upset somewhere. Let's put together two of our really good players on really good contracts and try to make something happen with all of our picks in store beyond this season. Like that I could totally see. And I totally think OG would be top of the, the list of guys teams would want in that type of situation. I just don't think Josh Hart in the seventh pick is that like, I think it's OG's here. Josh Hart and the seventh are both kind of on this tier here. They're trading OG for someone on a higher tier for those watching. I'm doing a, a middle, higher, lower thingy for those who are just listening on audio. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I just, I, I think don't you're... think. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think that's right. I think I think you keep OG because you tra you chase, like I said earlier in the show, like you you keep OG because he's going to be coveted. Um, yeah. And you don't, you're just not, there's no, there's no need to, there is no, there is no push for action right now from Toronto side, there is a 
ton of, of, of impetus for the Blazers to make a move. They're going to make, they are going to trade the seventh pick next week for something, <laughs> for something. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen. It's just like, I, I would bet that they don't either. I would, if I had to bet, I bet OG is a Raptor on opening night because I think they have the luxury of patience, which, yeah. um, they're among the 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 very few in the league that can say that. But it the the clock will start ticking for the Raptors sometime around the trade sure. deadline next year, and I think they can wait until February to figure out um, how loud it's ticking and whether and what direction they want to go. And quite frankly, like you know, which star on the Utah Jazz is still around and eyeing greener pastures. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also let me ask you, sort of on the note of pressure, and to kind of go back to the original. Josh Hart in the seventh, and then you mentioned Nasir Little as well. Are the Blazers under enough pressure from Damian Lillard that if the Raptors say, the only way you're getting OG is if it's Josh Hart, seven, and Nasir Little, do they eventually say, all right, fine? I got to think no, because they need... They shouldn't. That would be dumb. They shouldn't Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I think no, because that's too big of an ask, and they mm-hmm. and that's, like, all of their ammunition for getting better. Uh, yeah. But but not even specific to OG. Like I just want like in general for like Blazer fans listening, I think they're going to go. I think they're going to be wildly aggressive in pursuit of veterans. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever that means, I don't think anyone not named Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. is safe. Like I think mm-hmm. they could sign and trade Nurk. I think they could sign and trade Ant. I think everyone in the back half of the roster is kind of bad. But like Josh Hart and Nazir Little, um, obviously Caleb Swanigan and anybody. Uh, he's out of the league. He's chilling. <laughs> oh, he's, uh, but I, like, I'm seeing him on their cap sheet right now. My bad. No, nah, he's, he's <laughs> he has he's it's been a minute since uh, beloved Caleb was in the league. Like they just they they are going to be super aggressive. I don't think they do that, and I don't think OG is good enough that you sacrifice. Like he's a role player. He's a really good role player. He's he's an ideal role player. But I don't think mm-hmm. you sacrifice three things for one thing to get a guy like OG. I think you try to cash in for something better, like Jeremy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be clear, to be clear, give me OG over Jeremy Grant twelve times out of ten. Yeah, I I think I'm with you there. I it's yeah, it, I I would advise the Blazers not to do that. Is the thing right? Like right. I, I love OG Ananobi. I think he's fantastic. I don't think he's the guy you cash all your chips in for when right. it's really your last chance to cash in chips to keep Damian Lillard happy in around. Right? Like I, yeah, I feel like that would be a pretty doomed decision if they did say, yeah, have all the stuff, give us OG. That's our guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Blazers should just take a rookie at seven and get the pick right. Like yeah. The, in my opinion, keep what you have for the most part. Get the pick right. Use your traded player exception to get someone and and um, build with some responsibility. They're not going to do that. They don't listen. I mean, somebody <laughs> listens. Some, someone on the team listens, but like they don't care. They mm-hmm. they they have a different plan. And um, I'm fascinated over the next seven days to see how that plan plays out. And I'm fascinated to talk to you in a week's time when the trade has happened. OG's a blazer and we're all exactly. just like laughing at how exactly. dumb we are. Uh, yeah. That feels like a good place to wrap this one up, Mike. This was a blast. Always love chatting with you. Uh, everyone, go listen to Locked On Blazers. Listen to Locked On Raptors. Whatever feed you're listening on, go listen to the counterpart feed and subscribe and all that good stuff. Mike, you're the absolute best. You're wonderful. And uh, thank you for making us your very first listen of the day. I guess go make your second listen of the day. Whatever, if you didn't listen to Locked On Raptors, exactly. like, just make the other show your second listen of the day. And you're all set. With that, we'll round it out here. Thanks, Mike. Talk soon. Have a good one, everybody. Appreciate you having me. Peace.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.